This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hey guys, it's Sammy J, and welcome back to my podcast, Let's Be Real. And today I am so thrilled because this week I got to chat with podcaster, actor, producer, and editor Monica Padman. I love this episode. We get into some very interesting topics that we haven't explored yet on this podcast, so I'm excited for you to check it out. Enjoy! Monica and welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so honored to have you. You are one of my favorite podcasters and I genuinely look up to you so much. Oh my gosh, because your drive and just the way you're just a go-getter and it's really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. That's um, that's such a nice compliment and I think one um, that I can take 
amazing, <laughs> as you should take it, as you should. So something that I want to talk about is when did you first think, okay, I want to be in the entertainment industry in some way, shape, or form? I'm not sure what, yeah, but I want to be in it. Well, when I was in... I sound like a broken record because I've talked about this a lot, but this is the truth. Um, Let's be real, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, when I was in eighth grade, I saw Goodwill Hunting for the first time. And then I also, at the same time, was getting super into Friends, the TV show. Who hasn't had? If you haven't gotten super into Friends, you've missed out on life. You've missed out on serotonin. Honestly, you really have. And I'd encourage you to get into it. It's a mental mm-hmm. health fix. It really is. Um, But yes, so I was super into those things and they like transported me. I I was living in fantasy land all the time after seeing that of like, I want to be in something like either of those things. Like I want to be a part of what they're doing, which is making other people feel like I feel. Um, And so I just assumed that was acting. It's just first ones, like they're on the screen. Yeah, what else is there? I didn't know anything about producers or directing or anything. I just was like, oh, okay, I want, so I want to do that, so I want to be an actor. And then in ninth grade, I joined theater. I did theater, and I was like, oh, yeah, 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 this is right. This is the right It just felt at home. Yes, I loved it. I mean, I was terrified, but I loved it, and it's so rare. Like, I'm scared of everything basically me too and <laughs> but it's I'm really, an anxious girly yes exactly I'm just like filled with butterflies absolutely all the time all the time but it was so it was a weird thing to experience that anxiety but then have it be positive mm, that's how I feel with the podcast actually yeah. so I know exactly what you're talking about like it's you're scared and then you come out on the other end and you're like I'm better I'm better off for it and I you get your creative energy I just I, I did love it so it's like okay well that's done I'm doing that now we know um and so yeah that was the first that, that was sort of the first iteration of so theater what was your favorite musical you put on or play I have to ask okay I'm from a musical theater family too you are oh, yeah. Well, you're going to be mad at me then. Okay. Um, Because I don't like musicals. (laughs) I don't like musicals. I like straight plays. And in high school, the best thing we did, and this was so informative for me as a person. It was incredible. My senior year, our theater class, we wrote a play as a whole class. And there were like these little vignettes, so sketches. We wrote basically sketches we were paired we like had these different groups for these different sketches and we wrote them and then we put on this play and it was about high school and it was like sort you know nods to our own high school and it was life-changing it was so fun and it was so cathartic and it was um it sold, you know, no one came to plays like at my <laughs> school it was like a, you know football it was in the south it was yeah. like Plays never sold out. Let's just they say. weren't the, where the musical theater kids were at. No. So it was, but it was three nights we um, put on that play and it sold out every night. And it was like a big deal. And it was a big deal. It was like, have you seen the play? And it was so cool to be a part of that. And the fact that we were, had written it, like, it was added your this, baby. It added a new layer of, of ownership that. Obviously, in high school, you never, ever, ever get. I'm so grateful to my theater teacher. Her name was Miss Vetter. Shout out. Vanette Vetter. And um, she was 
like who would have thought to put a bunch of high schoolers in charge of writing a play? And she did. And it was unbelievable. So from that experience, was it the writing part or the collaboration of collaborating with people around you? Because I've noticed I love collaboration. It is. There is nothing like it. There is nothing like it. And I think when I was watching like Friends and like in retrospect, watching Friends and watching Good Will Hunting, it was honestly that that I was drawn to more than acting, I think. I didn't mm. know that. But now seeing it from a bird's eye view, I can see like like the Ben and Matt writing it, like that whole story. And then the ensemble of friends, like that's what I was drawn to is this like camaraderie within creativity, I think. Mm. And so in, yes, the collaboration piece, the writing piece too. I mean, I, I love writing. I always have, but that felt so different. Like words... Like dialogue felt so different than what I'd been used to writing. And it was just so fun. It was so eye opening. I love experiences like that because they truly shape so much. I think one of my favorite parts, and maybe it's why I love like Parks and Rec in the office and shows like that, is that there's always like through elements that kind of overlay throughout that you'll pick up on. You're like, oh, every time you watch it, you pick up on something different. Yes. Yes. I, I agree. So I want to talk about Armchair Expert. Okay, sure. So you came up with the format. You're the one that… Ish, ish. I can't take all, you know, obviously. Obviously, you can't take all the credit. But I think… Dax's baby. I think, but it's also, it just has so much of you in it. Thank you. And that's what's so special about it. And I was wondering when you came up with, when you're creating these podcasts, what's the most unexpected lesson you've learned about yourself Mm. that you didn't expect to going into it? That's a great question. I think. For me, the biggest that I've learned from all of them, all the ones we've done, um, including and majorly one that's about to come out on fertility. I'm so excited to talk about. Yes. Is I am like no holds bar. I'm just like I am fine to just kind of spill every single thing I'm thinking and feeling and going through. I would not have expected that Mm -hmm. going in. And even at the very beginning, I was hesitant and I talked to Dax about it I was like I don't know like this <laughs> this feels very vulnerable and he's like yeah I mean you don't have to but it's gonna be better off for it and not like not like oh it, it'll be a good show if you're like crying but just like <laughs> authenticity yeah is always what reads it's obvious the best yeah so I was like all right <laughs> it was like might, might as well yeah Is it weird when people, like, know things about you and they come up to you and you're like, wait, how would you know that very particular random fact about me? It's like, did I share that? Yes, it's happened a couple times where I'm like, oh, yeah, I talked (laughs) about that. And now now people know. Um, But it's worth the the times where I've been like, oh, I need to be a little careful is when I talk about other people. Not badly, Mm. of course, but like when I'm talking about people in my life and I'm like oh I was at this this with this person and then they said this I don't think about that and I I maybe it's in conversation though you know yeah but I tell you know we tell stories about our lives and our friends and sometimes I'm like well they they're a little more private than me so I need to be a a little bit more careful I've been trying to immerse myself in creativity as much as possible yeah because I've noticed that that's when I'm just feeling most myself. I love that. But burnout is real. And that is something that I was wondering if you've ever experienced and if you have any advice on. Because I know a lot of people <laughs> that 
like overwork themselves. And I feel like hustle and grind culture is so emphasized right now and glorified. And it's not good to not take care of your mental health and your social being. So I was wondering if that's something that you've gone through. A hundred percent. I mean, I don't know if I have advice. I need advice. Mm. You know, I don't. Um, my advice would be to make sure because like in this job, in my job, um, I could be working all the time. I could be because I also edit our show. So and we have lots of shows. And so at any moment, I could be sitting down and working on one of those yeah. things. So my advice that I've tried to implement and done well is like I am going out to dinner with my friend on Tuesday. Mm. I am going to go get a drink with Jess on Monday. Like I plan in time, recreational time, because if I don't, then I'll I'll work. And like, I'll, also I, your podcast. So you have to live life to be able to talk about it, too. Very true. Very true. But you have to, like, tell yourself, I, I it's OK to say yes to um, things that feel, quote, fun or extra, mm-hmm. even though you have work to do. It's really important for balance, even if it means I mean, for me, even if it means like, OK, I am going to say yes to this dinner date. And then maybe it means I go home and I'm up late working, but it's still important to put that other piece in. Exactly. For me. No, I it it's something that I find that's hard to prioritize, but I notice when I don't, the negative effects of it. Yes. It's I mean, it is real. When you're fully immersed in work and work only, it is it's too much. Like I don't know. I don't know. We're built to be that way. No, especially when you don't work a nine to five and there's no hard cut off. You have to create those boundaries for yourself. And yes. if you have a lot to get done, and it gets so blurred. Yes, I literally. That's funny that you brought it up yesterday or Sunday. I like wrote out a calendar for the week because I was like, that's what I do. I have to write everything. <sighs> yes, down. but I normally don't. I'm like, okay, you know, I I can figure it out. But I thought. I really need to write out a schedule for the week so I don't get super. Otherwise, I was just like so overwhelmed. Yeah. This week's going to be crazy. One Uh, step at a time. Yes. It helped like it helped put some structure to it and not feel like it's just this like weight over you. Yeah. I've noticed for me, I feel so I'm going to forget something unless I write it down. I have to, like, writing down my to-do lists are the most calming part of my day. Yeah. And then checking them off is the most satisfying part. So nice. It just hits different. It's really special. It's really something. About editing, what about it do you like? Is it piecing together the story? Is it kind of replaying it back? Because I know you can learn so much just from editing. I've learned so much about people in general, a lot about myself. Really? Um. Yeah, because you can hear it objectively and you don't normally in life get to hear yourself objectively. So it's kind of a privileged point of view. I I do like that. Um, I like and and I I will shout out my friend Emma, who also we've we've brought on recently and she also helps with editing. So she goes through first and then I go through and I edit for content. So she goes in now and she takes out the ums and the likes and you know, I've t- she has some instructions on what to do. And then I go in and I decide, like, what stays, what goes. I really like having a say in 
the end product because mm. it's a whole process. You know, we record and then it's booking the guests. It's like exactly a, people don't realize on the back end of it. Like it's so time consuming and it's more than just the episode. So much more. Yeah, you're right. It starts way before that. Yeah, it's the it's the reach out. Mm-hmm. Then it's the long time before we the maybe the yes, <laughs> yes. the schedule, the, the reschedule, yeah. the this. Yeah. And so by the time we get the edit, it feels complete. And I like and I like that. And I like I mean, really, it's my fingerprint. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm deciding what says what goes. How provocative do we want to be? How provocative do we not want to be? I get to make those decisions. And so it's feels rewarding. I think I do think editing feel and because it's just so tedious. It is very so tedious that when you complete it, you do feel like you've really accomplished something. Oh, I, it feels like you just ran a marathon in a weird way. You're like, yes, for your brain, for your brain. Absolutely. That's what it's like. Yeah. OK, we have to take one quick break. But when we come back, I want to dive in and talk about your new podcast, Race to 35, which I am so fascinated by. Also, what it's like working with Kristen and Dax, and so much more. We'll be right back. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. I'm very excited to talk to you about this new podcast that you have coming. Because, um, so I have endometriosis. You do? Okay. I do. And I was told at 17 to freeze my eggs. 17. 17. I did not. Okay. Because another doctor told me not to. Right. But I understand the fact that this is a conversation that has been brought up so early in my life that I've had to deal with. I truly am like so excited to get into this conversation with you because it's so not discussed enough. At all. I mean, it, it it is in some ways, but I found that it's normally spoken about so clinically Hmm. And that's really why I wanted to do this. So, yes, we have this show. It's called Race to 35. Um, It's under our armchair umbrella. And the network now, I like to think of the network. Yeah, that is that is what it is. We just call it an umbrella. Uh, But yeah, so 
it's me and Liz Plank. We co-host. She's the best. And we got to know each other really well, really quick. You got to if this is a topic. It was crazy. It was crazy. We just got like jumped in the deep end and did this together. We froze our eggs at the same time. And we followed that whole process. And so each episode at the top of each episode is us talking about how we're feeling, talking about, you know, the new thoughts and feelings we've had, the shots from the night before, which we did together every night. And and then the rest of the episode is us talking to someone with an interesting fertility story or an expert in the field. And it's I'm <laughs> I am really proud of it. It's so intimate. Yeah. Obviously, like it's our bodies. It's no one, you know, you're not supposed to compare or worry about the result, but at, at the end of the day there's a result. You get a number of eggs and yeah. so there's also this like kind of pressure but there is so much pressure yeah that I already feel and I'm 20 yeah and it's crazy that you're ticking time like you gotta go and it's like no <laughs> yes yes I know I know you you def you have time my friend. <laughs> don't worry yeah there's so many different women's Issues that also coincide with it. Yeah. Like, it's all intertwined. Oh, for sure. And and the thing is, that's funny, is we walk around and we don't necessarily know these things about our bodies. Yeah. Unless there's a reason to know if there's a problem or you're in pain or something and you go seek out a professional. Normally, like, at the very beginning of this process, what you do is you go in, they give you a, you know, transvaginal ultrasound, and they look to see how many follicles you have. Science guys. I know. It's oh, so nuts. Cool. It is so cool. It is so cool. It's magic. It I mean, really is. The fact that they can see inside you and know how many follicles you have that will maybe or maybe not turn in like mature it's into crazy. eggs. It's crazy. I know. It's fascinating. But you know that early first. Um, and that's kind of the max amount you'll have. And, and it's funny because you get that number and you start, you know, in in our case, spiraling or thinking about that or what does it mean and is it scary, is it not? And it's funny because I was like, well, if I hadn't frozen my eggs, I wouldn't, I would never know that you, number. You would never know that number even though it exists. It's, it's so crazy. I would never know. And even if, if I got pregnant, like a, a lot of my friends who've gotten pregnant naturally, they don't know how many follicles they have. They yeah. just got pregnant. It's very interesting to do it this way where you you know so much, Is maybe it, too much. Yeah, do you think you know you knew too much information going into it as a fellow anxious girly? Like, how does that <laughs> affect the, the connection between the two? Because I don't know if, how I would do well knowing all of that. Well— Is there a sense of relief also having that information, too? It, I think it, depending on your personal situation, it can be— um, I think, I mean, if you're deciding to freeze your eggs, you have to know that information. It's part of it. I mean, it's yeah. part of the whole deal. So I guess, you know, it's not like, oh, I wish I didn't know because that's like the point. Yeah. The point is, <laughs> is to know how many you have yeah. for your insurance. But do I wish I'd not done it so that I never knew? No, I'm glad I, I'm, I'm glad I went through that process. What have you learned most about yourself? I think, I mean, this is like such a bold 
statement. Go for it. But now I'm I'm wishy-washy on it. During it, I will say during it, I was like, I I definitely want to have kids. And which I did not know before. I didn't yeah. I didn't feel a hundred percent like I'm one of those people who has to have kids. You know, some women are like four and they're like, I'm a mom. Like, <laughs> I want a baby. Yes. And they just know they have like really strong maternal instincts from early on. They know. I mean, I think some of that is societal, like a lot of it. But also I do. I know these people like mm-hmm. I do sense that some people are like, yeah, I'm I'm meant to be a mom. Yeah. And I never had that. Um, also, I mean, I have an incredible mother she's so good and so like she's perfect perfect for me but she wasn't like the most maternal mom Mm -hmm. and so I didn't also have that modeled so I never was like oh yeah this is what I I need a little like tiny baby in my arms or whatever (laughs) like she wasn't like looking at babies nearby in the grocery store and like oh like she didn't do that (laughs) and so either do I I don't do that either um so I I didn't know. I've always been on the fence. But during the process, I was like, no, I do. Mm. Now that I'm out of it, I'm back. Now you're like, I don't know. (laughs) It's hard to know when you're on so many hormones what's real. (laughs) Tell me about it. I had had got a birth control or went on birth control, and it gave me cystic acne. That's really funny that you say that because I had really bad cystic acne, and the only thing that worked was birth control. It's so interesting <laughs> how it affects everyone so differently. Yeah, I know. Hormones, crazy. They are crazy. We, I learned a lot about hormones over this process. Any fun facts? Well, we ha- do you know Andrew Huberman, the Huberman Lab podcast? I've heard of it. It's a great podcast. Um, we had Andrew on Armchair, and then we had him on Race to 35 as well. Um, to talk about hormones and Great stuff. Great name, by the way. Yeah. Well, brace against the clock, you uh, know. <laughs> hey, it's playing on what we go through. Exactly. But yeah, he said when a male and a female have a baby together, mm-hmm. the man's testosterone actually drops. Isn't that crazy? Huh. And I, I think it's because like, well, I mean, there's lots of, there's lots <laughs> there's of theories. There's lots of theories, I'm sure. There's lots of theories. But, like, a lot of, you know, when people say, like, the dad bod, uh-huh. a lot of that can come from a drop in testosterone. hmm It's interesting. There's a lot There's a lot of little baby facts like that. No, hormones affect Everything. so much. Everything. And it's just something that we have to deal with on a day-to-day. And then when you're putting external hormones, literally, you're putting so many hormones in your body in order to, like, make your eggs grow times a good gaj- like you want them huge like so much more than they how are your emotions they were surprisingly fine okay um that's so good i i was shocked because i am so sensitive to hormonal change it, like i have pretty bad pms like i feel it i feel hormonal change in extreme you're ways. very in tuned with your body yes like. and um so I was really like, this is going to, this is <laughs> going like, to be. what did I sign up for? Yes. I was like, this is going to be horrible. And then I actually was okay. Liz had a, a little bit tougher of a time. And again, I'm about to start editing that show. So I don't really know until I'm in there. I don't know. I might be crazy. And I just, in the moment, didn't realize. What a beautiful journal to look back on. <laughs> I'm scared. You, so you've been doing 
multiple podcasts. Would you say podcasting is your favorite type of media of storytelling? Oh, as like on the outside or to to, to create? Oh, to create. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I love it. I love it. It's so awesome. It is so awesome. I feel like it's so intimate mm-hmm. in a way that lots of other mediums can't be. Um, and you just get to tell tiny stories, like really teeny tiny stories. And um, those to me are are weirdly the most universal ones. Do you have a favorite podcast story you've told so far? Mm. That you're like, oh, I got a great reaction or it's just like, oh, this is a good story. I don't. That's a great question. I mean, this isn't like a great reaction, but when when. So Dax had a relapse and we did an episode on that. And that was, um, I think, a really important episode for us. And that was a really important piece of his story that we had to tell. And we did. We felt like obligated to tell our listeners. Because you guys are so honest. We are very honest. And it'd be so weird like to to not talk about this kind of very big thing going on in all of our lives at that time. And we have a lot of people who are listening who are sober, who are trying to get sober, who are in recovery. And it felt like such a disservice to them to not share this part. Like, it's an important part. It is a part of recovery. So it's it's the reality of it. Yes, exactly. And um, so that, I think, is like the most important story we have told on the show Mm. is – that very honest reality. Yeah. Um, and then and then people got to see like a, a rebound from yeah. from that. And it was, I think, help, I hope, helpful. Do you have a most memorable podcast guest you guys have had on that? You've had so many incredible. We have. I mean, for me, Matt Damon. I was, mean, well, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, it was, it was an actual dream was come it so true. so surreal? It was crazy. I mean, I used to like imagine that they would be I'd be camping in Georgia and I'd be like, maybe they're in the tent. <laughs> like, I really thought that. I was nuts. You manifested that moment. I, I mean, 10 years, 12, 15 years later, but yes. Do you have any other manifestations you want to put out there? I mean, I do. I do a lot of fantasizing. So oh, I'm saying sure. here, my, my day is spent in daydreaming. Yes. But you got to shoot high. You do. That's something I've realized. A lot of people, if I listened to every person that told me that I couldn't do what I've done. Yeah. I wouldn't be doing any of this. I, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We definitely wouldn't. I totally agree. Like, it's funny because I think in general I'm a fairly practical person. I grew up in a really practical household, but I have this really pie-in-the-sky um, dr- dreamery piece of me that I'm grateful for. Or, yes, I would not be here. Yeah, because I feel like also if you— if we like listen to everyone that says the probability of that happening is so low, you shouldn't do it. It's like, no. Yeah. I'm still going to do it because it's for the experience. Exactly. It's not about results. That's the thing. It's just process. Something that I've realized is so many people, at least people that I've noticed, specifically creatives, a lot of the times they focus on the end product. Mm-hmm. They want this to be what uh, what success means. Yes. You know, a lot of the times it's commercial success. It's getting something in, but I feel like the process the best part and no one even appreciates it it is and even with this podcast with race to 35 i'm like i said i'm about to start editing it and i i don't i don't want to because that is that's about result yeah and i already did 
the mm-hmm. process. And that— It's going back to it. Yeah, and I, like, the process was so interesting and illuminating. And now I'm like, oh, now I'm going into the, like, result phase of it. And it doesn't mm-hmm. feel as fun fulfilling any of it. Like, the process was the big win. Exactly. It's the journey that you remember. It's not necessarily what people view of it. Because at the end of the day, especially with podcasts, when you put it out there, it's up to other people's interpretation. Yes. Like, this is the fun part. Yes, exactly. We have to take one more quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk about the idea of mentorship more and working with Kristen and Dax and what that's meant for you and your career. We'll be right back. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million? Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. 
Listen to Woke App Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host. Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Something else I want to talk to you is about mentorship because Mm. I think it's a really interesting topic that isn't talked about a lot, but it is so helpful. Yeah. And getting guidance from someone that has been there before and truly wants to support you. And I know you found that a lot within Kristen and Dax Mm -hmm. and having that mentorship. What has it been like being able to ask them for advice But also being able to, like, what have you learned? What's been something you've soaked up that's kind of you've ingrained into you? Yeah, a lot from Kristen, for sure. Because so much of that, I think, happened when I was her assistant. And then when I started doing projects with her, she just handles herself in a way that is very commendable and respectable. Like, Mm. always, you know, she does such a good job of looking out for people under her Mm. and pulling them up. I think it's hard to do because they're, they're doing their job. They're in a position that's helpful to you. Like me, I mean, I, I worked for her and she didn't have to say, you know, it's okay for you to go do this other thing, or it's okay for you to, expand your wings because that could be a threat to her. There's so much competition, unofficially, not real competition, but I think it's what society puts on us. Like, 
women need to not stick together and compete. But if anything, yes. it's we should be doing the opposite because there's more totally. than enough room for everybody. Totally. And I, th- absolutely. But I don't even mean that per se. I mean more even just practically like, well, if this person goes and gets this other job or goes and works on the podcast and the podcast becomes big, will she have time for yeah. me? I mean, and that's the reality Very, is, no, I didn't. I had to leave that. And she knew that. And still put my needs above hers in that moment. She was like, well, Monica's career and future is more important than her assisting me. Um, And that is hard to do. That's That's really hard. Really hard to put someone else's needs above yours. And she does that a lot in life in general and friendships and everything. So um, I do try to think about that when I am, just living my life of that person's their own person and not just there to help, not just there for me. Yeah. So I think that's, that has been something that's really stuck. I mean, also just kindness. I mean, she's so nice to everyone. She always is. And I think that has, has stuck just like being, be nice. Just really not that hard. It's really not. It's fine. Just be nice. Just choose that. You can choose that today. Um, and then with Dax, definitely honesty. I mean, the honesty piece is never going anywhere. Yeah. And it is, I think, new. Like, I I think it's from having met him, it's I have never met anyone like that before who's just like so blatantly honest and open and um, but also like open with his apologies and open like he's just he's just very himself. And I, I think. That has been ingrained. And also, I think a big thing that has changed is I used to see things a lot more black and white. And having him in my life has really changed that. I mean, he only sees gray. He doesn't see any (laughs) black and white ever. Sometimes I'm like, no, there sometimes there is black and white. I have to like try to pull him back a little bit towards that. But he's only seeing that he has a lot of compassion for people who maybe other people don't have compassion for. And that's really bled in. Like I always am looking for the flip side of the coin. And that that's all him. And I but I think that's one of the reasons why it's it just works so well is because there's that. It's kind of like opposites attract in a way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you get the balance of both, which is needed. Yeah. You know, to balance each other out, to push you out of your comfort zone and to maybe reel them back in. Like, yes. that's, I've been trying to live more in the gray. So I understand what you're talking about. Yeah. It is hard. Yes. But you know what? 20 is a new decade is what I say. Okay. 20 is for putting ourselves out there. A hundred percent. And for being in the gray area. You're so advanced for 20. I mean, when I was 20, yeah, I was definitely not thinking about the gray. How would you say doing this throughout this entire process, it's just increased your empathy a bit? I think so. I really think so. And Kristen is also incredibly empathetic. So I think just like full immersion in empathy Mm. for the past eight years or so has, has definitely had an impact. Eight years. I think so. That's crazy. I think so. What would you tell your younger self? You could give Uh, 20-year-old Monica a little piece of advice advice? about knowing all that you know now. I I think I would be circling back to what we talked about. Just enjoy the ride Mm. because you never know where it's going to go. 
And I mean, I think actually, to be fair to myself, I think I did a pretty good job of that. Like I was really aware, even when I was like working at SoulCycle and and also writing for Smosh and doing, I had so many jobs going on at once, but I knew that that was still just a piece of my life that I had to round out the rest of it, that like I still needed to have fun and I needed to have dinner parties. Like, you know, maybe it was just have fun with my roommate. It was important to me that the rest, even if this piece wasn't fully checked off, that the rest was. I feel like you've done so much and you've worn so many different hats. Yeah. You have such an interesting perspective in that you, you know, you've done it from a bunch of different angles. Yes. Is there, is there a side, is there a new aspect you want to endeavor on that you haven't Mm. gotten upon yet? Um, yeah. I, I don't think I know what they are yet, but I love that. <laughs> but I'm open. Like I'm just open to doing new stuff or new um, directing buckets. Actually, that's kind of the one thing I'm pretty sure I don't want to do. Really? <laughs> yeah, I say that and then and then who she's knows? directing. <laughs> who knows? We're just we'll play this clip back when exactly, you are directing. Exactly. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I guess, I, yeah, I can't rule it out. I won't rule anything out. But I, it's never, ever been something that I've been super drawn to. Um, I did, like, co-direct this commercial for Hello Bello, Dax and Kristen's diaper company. And it was fun, but I, it's, I, it's, not, it's not for me. But you know what? Knowing what you don't want to do is just as important as knowing what you do want to do. I think it's more important. I think that's actually how you figure out what you want to do. And I, I think not getting stuck in the idea, like, because, you you know, you might start broadcast journalism and, like, this is what I'm doing. I'm 100% doing this. This is what I want to do. And then you start taking classes and you start doing it. And you're like, uh-oh, like, I Can don't I love it. That's exactly what's happened. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you have other stuff, too, at least. So you know I'm not stuck. I like to have options. Yeah, you, but everyone has options, but they don't know that mm. that they think like uh oh now I'm pot committed like I'm 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 taking these classes and I guess this is the rest of my life I don't like it but oh well and you don't have to say oh well yeah there's always time for a pivot yes. I had a class where literally every the theme was just hearing about people's pivots in career essentially and how it changed and yeah. that how what they thought they wanted to do how it evolves and we need to like appreciate that instead of thinking of change as a bad thing because I'm very I don't do change very well yeah, same. So it's very hard for me. So I've been trying to embrace it, which yeah. has been interesting. But we're going for it. Has it has any positive come out of it? Yeah, I will say I've lived more life. And I'd say I've grown more in the past two months than I have in a long time. Right. And I love it. Yeah. No, change is is always hard, even when it's good. Yeah, growing pains are so real. Yeah, they are. They are real. But then you come out on the other side of it, and you've grown, and you've learned. And I know. it's good. And then you have the experience from it. And then you can talk about it on a podcast. Exactly. It's it all so circles full back. Circle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Monica, for taking the time to come on my podcast. I look up to you and your work ethic and your drive so much. So I just really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. This has been so fun. Thank you. Amazing. Yay. Yay. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., 
And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich man Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.